What's up, everybody? This is the Noma Comedy Podcast, and we're coming to you once again from Lucy's Lounge in Pleasantville, where we are having another one of our open mics tonight. Uh, my name is Frank, and I'm here today with Adam. Hello. Rich. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, indeed. And our special guest today is Tanya Cooper. Hi. How are you, Tanya? Very well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. This is uh, You've come down to a couple of these mics now in uh, Lucy's. What do you think of them? I love Lucy's, and I love open mics with you guys, with Noma. Doesn't it sound weird saying, I love Lucy's? I love Lucy's. Yeah, that does really? sound really strange. Every time I say, because I say, I love Lucy's, too, and I feel like... It's a Lucille Ball plug, yeah, right? Yeah. It's kind of stupid. Now, you live local, right, Tanya? <laughs> I do. I'm a Bedford, Bedford Hills raised girl. Wow. Local. Born local. <laughs> but you were in the city, right? Yeah. Oh, for anyone I was. I was in the city. Now, Tanya is a stand-up comic. She's yes. a newer comedian as well. Yes. Right? How long have you been doing it? Um, I think it's been six months now. You were. Wow. wow. I get my half anniversary. Sweet. You are super green. <laughs> super, super, super duper green. green. Let's throw you a party. Work behind the ears. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you enjoy doing it so far? I love comedy. Yeah? Absolutely love it. And, and uh, I got to say... Um, you know, those city open mics are something else. But uh, since I've been doing the Westchester open mics with, with Noma and uh, different places. You can, you can tell. I actually feel. Dan Opp, right? I can say, yeah, yeah. Dan Opp. You talk about anything you um, like. Mondays, yeah, Monleys. I, I love Friday jibs. I, I, you know, anything you guys do, I honestly say I feel like it's always supportive of each other. Um, you know, you, a place that a new comic can really come and learn. Um, you know, just a lot of elements that. That I don't get when I go other places. I actually was not going to do any open mics when I first started. Ooh. You were not going no. to? Why? Was, Why would you not? Well, because I just, I, I guess because I saw, you know, I went to some in the city, and they can be kind of brutal. They weren't brutal to me, but I saw people get brutalized, and I was like, I do not want to be a part of that. I, I, I'm an artist, and, you know, I'm funny about my stuff, you know, so that's just. How would you um, get comfortable and then hone your material, though, without an open mic? The mirror. Like all the old school <laughs> people used to do, the mirror. Yeah, Stand I mean, in front of the mirror until you, you believe it. If you believe it, somebody else will. I agree. If you laugh, some, somebody will laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm famous for having all of my friends, like 20 of them in my living room, and making them sit down and listen to whatever I got to say. You have 20 friends? At least. So why uh, are you here with us? Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted three, four, four more, three more. Three oh, I can't more. count. Okay? This is literally the land of misfit toys over here, believe me. <laughs> so she was making friends, not learning how to count. Exactly. Now, how many mirrors do you put up, by the way? Like, that's a lot of people. Actually, the one I have in the bathroom has three. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right, so it's not just her and one reflection. It's a couple. Of so okay. it kind of looks just like this. Yes. Do, do they ever laugh? Do you ever hear them laughing? <laughs> All the time. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I, I you know, I got to say, I have multiple personalities, uh, and that's just a part of me making many characters since I was younger. And so, you know, this is uh, comedy is a way for me to bring them all out. Nice. Oh, don't say that because a couple weeks ago we Super. had Daniel Lane. We, we got to introduce him to Daniel. Actually, he actually is schizophrenic. Get out. Yeah, he was oh, telling us like all these medically, like oh, legit. He's got the paperwork. <laughs> yeah, he's he all came right. in with his certificate. Wow. It. Get out. Yeah. Really? No, he didn't. Oh, guys, come on. But he was telling us all these stories, like the voices tell him to do things and not to do things. But nothing, he, he said nothing criminal has happened yet. You know, he seems <laughs> yes. like a normal guy. If I just met him on the street, I'd say hi, and that's it. And he would say hi and hi. You just said he seems <laughs> like a normal guy. you met the right Did, personality. Have you met Daniel Aitman? <laughs> yeah, when he was here. He seems like a normal dude. Well, you met the right personality. Yeah, maybe yeah. I didn't meet the mean one. Exactly. You meet the third or fourth one, you might have a problem. That's true. <laughs> it could have gone over really poorly. Um, now, you actually, when you were in the city, how long were you in the city for? Oh, gosh. I lived in the city about 15 years total. Um, I lived down downtown Brooklyn. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much when I started on the town. Now, why, why did you move from the beautiful Bedford Hills to uh, Brooklyn? Good. 
Good question. And then back up again. Good question. Well, actually, I was a foster child. Okay. From five years old to 21. Actually, wow. 18. I what they called aged out, quote unquote. And then I had to sign myself back in because I had no family. So, so is that like get out, get a job? Like yeah, they tell you? they give you a piece of paper. They free you. Actually, it says on your paperwork, you're freed like a slave. You know, you're free. No, I'm not, really? I swear to you, I had the paperwork. Seriously. You are It free. says you're freed. Uh, so I got freed and I had to unfree myself because I didn't, couldn't figure out, you know, life. I mean, 18 and then, you know, the situation that happened to me in foster care was not pretty at all. So... Um, most of it was pretty, but there were some things that weren't. So, wow. you know, I had to sign myself back in. So I lived in Manhattan then from 18 years old till I don't know, till like 21. Then, then I went to, um, I moved to Paris to go model. Wow. So I became a runway wow. model for a couple of years and I came back pregnant and, oh. and broke. <laughs> Long story short. That's what happened when I went to Paris. <laughs> Adam ended up pregnant and broke. Pregnant, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I came back. Right. He still hasn't lost the baby weight yet. He's still no. working on it. R- Rich adopted me, and everything's worked out since. Oh, see? I, never, I was unofficially adopted. I was never officially adopted. Oh. Rich, everybody wants you to adopt them. Chris Robinson was here last time. He no, was saying, no, no, no. Guys want me to adopt them. That's uh-oh. a problem. Uh-oh. Tanya, would you want Rich you to adopt what? you? I think yes, you're, I need, a, I need a dad. Me. I would rather adopt Tanya you can adopt me than any day. Robinson or this knucklehead over here, believe me. <laughs> we're, on, we're on a podcast. He's motioning to I'm Adam. looking for a dad. Let's put it out there. People. A sugar daddy? Well, dad. sugar daddy. Sugar's Speaking optional. Speaking of sugar daddy. <laughs> Rich right, likes listen. his sugar. Told you about my $2,000 a week offer, right? Rich, you've got the biggest grin on your face No, right what's now. this $2,000 a week offer? This guy wanted me to be his mistress for $2,000 a week. And my friend said, are you crazy? You turned him down? I said, yeah, I turned him down. Th- that's a six-figure salary. Cash. Listen. I'm an Elliot Spitzer girl, $5,000 an hour if we're going there. Whoa. How you long know, ago I'm was this? Saying. This was about last summer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did you tell him I'm a French model? <laughs> no, well, he didn't know my things. past, see, because he knew I was a foster kid and he knew I was a single mother, he assumed, and he assumed that most women who single mother, right, mm-hmm. young, would be like, oh, my God, this is 2000 a week is heaven. But I was like, honey, I was making $500 an hour. Like, <laughs> what is that going to do for me? I may be broke now, but I've done the jet set. I've done all that life. So that 2000 a week is not impressive. And now you're in the high-paying comedy career. Oh, yes. Zero dollars a week. <laughs> Doing the big now. Negative $10 exactly. after gas and tolls. And they right. tax you on that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've always been a fan of supporting single moms in their various uh, professions as well. So I've heard you say that before. You have to support them. You have to support single moms. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm telling Richard's wife. Support us. She, she doesn't listen to this, so it's fine. I'm not surprised. She'll never hear that. She's never, never listened to one before. She listened to like four minutes of one and was like, this is silly, and stopped listening. I'm like, it's comedy. It's supposed to be silly. Exactly. So, Tanya, is that what brought you into uh, this uh, cause that you're helping out with? Yeah, well, um, I, I started an organization called Foster Kids Unite Incorporated. You can say Inc. Inc. Way easier. Uh, and um, I've been doing the work for about... My brother died about five years ago, so I, did, I started the work about four years ago. Um, what had happened was, um, uh, you know, I, like I said before, I grew up in foster care, and, you know, when I aged out, I, I realized I didn't have the tools and the resources I needed to, to finish through college. So I got lucky that someone helped me get through FIT. Um, I didn't finish FIT because I left to go to Paris to model, but in the end, in the end I ended up graduating from NYU. Awesome. And I would not have done that had a Quaker friend not said, um, you know what? My grandson's messing up the money. I think we'll give you money for books and clothes every semester. Wow. You and your daughter. So without that, I wouldn't. There would have been days I wouldn't have been eating. So I started Foster Kids Unite to provide non-traditional services for um, foster kids and foster kids who've aged out 
meaning they've left and they may be in college now. That's usually the age group that people forget about. You know, uh, they say, oh, you're 21. Bye bye. See you. There's no services for you. You can't get anything. So makes sense. It's kind of like, oh, you're a cute kid. I'll take care of you. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're 21 and an asshole. See you later. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and it's, uh, it's sad because those t- people end up if you just one little thing like helping them with college. Um, you know, we provide a, s- a small scholarship. Uh, once a year, we provide gift boxes during December, which is when they do the major testing. So usually when I was at NYU, parents would send a box while you're sitting there taking your, ex- your final exam in December, right before you go home during yeah. the break. Um, but if you're a foster kid, you're sitting there while everyone's chopping on their M&Ms and their apples. You're sitting there like, okay, I'm really hungry right now. Can I finish this test? You know, so we give gift boxes um, with, the, with the, the theory that, you know, all the things your mother would have did. At the end of the semester, she would have sent you socks if you needed it, clothes, whatever you need. But they can't; they don't have that. So our agency is hoping to provide those small things that um, that other places don't think about. How do people find? How do the the, the kid? I'll call them kids because yeah. they're kids. Uh, how do they find out about the services that you offer? That's a good question. Well, actually, what I've been doing is I I've have a I have a link with social workers for years. Um, not only because I was a foster kid, but I used to go around doing motivational speaking around the country to different agencies. Um, I would either speak to the kids um, in group homes, in, in the shelter, wherever they tell me to come, I'd, I'd go. And, um, and so I realized that was really the only way through social workers, agencies, police officers, courts, judges, to actually identify if someone was a foster youth without breaking their confidentiality. Oh. So I may find you through Westchester Community College, but I go through the counselors at the school. I don't even have to see you sometimes. Only time I request to see someone is I think that they're pulling my leg. Oh, wow. Yeah. So how would somebody contribute to this? Well, we're working on building a website right now, so that's really been, um, you know, been a, a, a little bit of a, our little challenge, we'll call it. Um, but we just literally started, like last month, got incorporated. So we're applying for nonprofit status. But in the meantime, uh, we're on GoFundMe, and we're trying to, you know, just start with the basics okay. um, under Foster Kids Unite Inc. Uh, and we, we're our emails uh, Foster Kids Unite, um, the F's capital, the U's capital, and the K's capital, uh, Inc. at gmail.com. Okay, great. Now, if yeah. they Google search that, they'll, they'll find you. Yes, and you can PO, there, we have a P.O. box if you want to send uh, gift cards for the holidays for the kids, socks, anything anything you think a mother would send during testing time. That would be great and greatly appreciated. How many kids are you guys supporting right now? Um, right now, there's, a, there's only about 30 because, remember, we, we started, we've been doing this on our own. And my brother's friend, uh, my brother passed away who grew up with me in foster care. He was my birth brother. He died of heart disease at 41. My God. Uh, exactly. With a body like Michael Jordan, you think? Wow. Yeah. So uh, he, he was very big on helping kids. And he was funny as heck, by the way. Um, and um, we decided his friend um, found me through a newspaper article that was written in the Journal News about the work that I do and said, you know, I wanted to do scholarship. Like, I don't have any money, really. So she said, I have the money. You find the kids. I'll give the money. So wow. that's how it started. Okay. And then all his friends started giving me money and said, just give the kids all the money. So that's what I started doing. So we couldn't raise as much because we're not, um, you know, not a nonprofit yet. So now we're seeking nonprofit status because I turned down $30,000 last year. Oh, oh. Yeah, wow. exactly. <laughs> but that, that's a lot of kids I could have helped. People like to offer <laughs> you a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I you know, know, maybe you should go you back know? to that guy hey. and use that money towards foster kids. You know kids what? Tonight. That's a good idea. Say, listen. <laughs> What's his name? I don't want to hear. What's his name? We have tens you know? of people listening to this podcast. Well, wait. He might be listening. Here's the funny part. 
he didn't tell me the guy's name. It was my friends who I grew up with since childhood. It was his friend, quote unquote, he said. Quote unquote. So I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it really was you. You lying. <laughs> so let's get him back in here. He's going to hear this podcast because everyone listens. Everybody listens to it. Everybody listens. <laughs> the whole world. This is like the number number nine. Right after Guys We Fucked podcast with Hutchinson and Fisher, this is like right behind it on the comedy list of podcasts. It's I thought we nice. actually moved ahead of them one notch. Uh-oh. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. We'll have to say. <laughs> we don't talk. You know, the only way that we could possibly go ahead of them is if we change the name of it to theirs is Guys We Fucked. Maybe Something that begins with A. Girls We Finger Banged. <laughs> no. Kim Kardashian donkey ass. Oh. God, so, no, uh, fail. Back, back from uh, <laughs> disgustingness, um, Tanya, <laughs> so do you have any events coming up for this charity? Well, we're hoping that uh, we'll get our status soon, and when we do, we're hoping to do a fundraiser in sometime, was it March, somewhere in that area. Uh, but every May, we do a, um, a raise awareness event in Mount Kisco at the Mount Kisco Library around the end of May. Oh, great. It's National Foster Care Awareness Month in May. So we will Did be not doing know something. That. Yeah. So you're planning. Uh, we t- we spoke about this earlier. You you're looking to do like a nice comedy fundraiser yes. for this. Yes. And I'm hoping you'll help me out with that. We, we know some people. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know, uh, there is one incredible comic who is a foster kid. It's it's like half of his set. Monroe Martin. That's right. Who was just on Last Comic Standing. He was a finalist. Brilliant guy. Yeah. Brilliant. So guy. I think he would be amazing to have on it. Yeah. And of course, Monroe Martin is listening to this podcast. So. Oh. <laughs> he's got. Uh, I think he's phoning in. Monroe. I think that's what that, that sound is in the background. Yeah. yeah, I'm listening. I'm like, I didn't put music in this yet, but I'm hearing music <laughs> in my headphones. <laughs> that's a note to CJ. Note to C- CJ. CJ. No, nope. <laughs> he's not listening. See, there's, there's, there's like all these women here. CJ is not paying any attention to us. Oh. He's, he's, he's busy hitting on two other female comedians at the bar. <laughs> two gorgeous girls at the bar. <laughs> um, so another we were just we, were just we got CJ's attention now. Don't screw it up. Oh, we, we were just noticing that uh, we we normally bed music underneath the uh, the podcasts in post production. We noticed that there's some music playing uh, in the background now, so we don't need to maybe do that step. He's trying to be really, really polite, <laughs> CJ, and tell you to shut the music off. Shut the fucking music <laughs> off, please. Turn it off. He said, please. <laughs> he said, fucking please. What? No, 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 not at all. We go way back. What's that? Yeah, man. Oh, wait, nobody knows exactly what we're talking I don't think CJ's loud enough. Actually, no. we hear CJ in a couple podcasts, I think. Every now and again. Don't say that we might have to pay him. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope he's, he's not a Screen Actors Guild, too. Yeah, maybe, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll tip him this week instead. <laughs> um, CJ was actually really funny. Uh, we had a open mic here last week, and he called out one of the comics on uh, tipping them, and he actually wow. left them a nice tip. It was pretty funny. Because he's drinking water the entire night. Uh-huh. I, uh, I enjoyed that part. Yeah. Uh, now, another thing, cool thing you're doing, Tanya, is um, I actually appeared on your cable show yes. like a month or two ago. Yes. On the town with Tanya Cooper, which is now on Peekskill. Yes. Uh, I noticed uh, you had Meredith Kramer on it, who's an open mic comic. Yes. And you had Dan Up on it too. Yes. Dan who we had on our podcast as well. Yeah, so absolutely. we're just we're just like sharing everybody at this point, <laughs> passing them around. Yeah. Well, right. we we kind of work together. I don't. Exactly. I just see it as uh, you know networking with other uh, producers, other comics, and it's. It's a lot of fun, you know? Why uh, work against someone when you can work with them? That's exactly my whole theme, purpose. Um, when I started on the town, I don't know, at least 15 years ago, I was living... So you living, did it for in the city, right? Oh, yeah. When I was living in Brooklyn, it used to air out of... Um, uh, what's their station over there? B-Cat, I think it was. And then Manhattan, uh, Manhattan Neighborhood Net- Network was the channel. I think it was 54 or something like that. But I started it 
because um, when I lived in the city, I noticed I used to work for a big record label, Polygram, I don't mind saying it, and I worked for Mercury Records. And um, so I noticed that, you know, if you weren't the big cheese, you're not going to get a record deal. And if you don't get a record deal, nobody's going to play your stuff. So I thought it was really annoying. I used to work in a promotion department at Mercury. So I would go around to the clubs and stuff. And, you know, I thought it was annoying that you really couldn't get your stuff played unless you knew somebody. You know, so I started on the town. I said, there's mass, massive talent around New York City. There's tons of it. So I started it um, with the premise that artists who, you know, if I thought their music really was something, like you can't just say, oh, I'm an artist and then I'll play it. It has to sound like something. Um, right. And that's how it started with um, our unknown, unsigned acts. Uh, and it was great. They had music videos. It was great. I had a guy who used to work for MTV doing, doing all my. Uh, my editing and stuff, so it was really awesome at that time. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I used to uh, intern at a radio station, which we'll oh. not name, okay. but um, we can name they, it. Um, we cannot <laughs> the name of it. SAG. Uh, <laughs> the they um, used to get tapes in all the time from up and coming artists, and we were not allowed to air exactly. them. I always wanted to, uh, you know, give someone a break, and mm-hmm. uh, we weren't allowed to. Yep. That's uh, very college radio. We, uh, yep. I did some radio in college, and we used to play anything that came in through the door. Yeah, but us my. Too. my uh, my son's in college now, and the radio station there, they can't play anything that is shown up on any top 100 list anywhere. Wow. wow. So you get some garbage played on that radio station. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand why that is, though. Um, and that's because you got to worry about residuals, blah, blah, blah. It's just a whole other story. Right, but I'm, right. I'm, my thing is, you know, if you're a talented artist, singer, guitar player, whatever, rock and roll, whatever kind of genre you want, why can't you be heard? You right. have a message just yep. like anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Mariah Carey got lucky because she got the right label, and she's very talented. And so, beautiful. And beautiful. <laughs> she was. Oh, she's she a was. triple threat, fine. You know, these people are lucky, but not everybody gets that lucky. And so, but it doesn't mean that your music should not be heard. So, same thing with comedy. I thought in Westchester, since you know there are not as many musicians, I figured focus on the comics. And I just started meeting a lot of you guys, and then I met all you guys. And I was like, oh, this is heaven. This is, <laughs> I hit gold, baby. We get that a lot. Which you've gotten that before? <laughs> I get that all the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got to. I got to say, I've. So we've got we've got your runway model. You were uh, mm-hmm. you worked at the record label. Mm-hmm. You you named a couple other things. You uh, started the, the TV show. Yep. The TV show, which is I'm my just, goal, by the way. I'm doing I'm doing the math. <laughs> you're either immortal or you're 700 years old. I'm not exactly More like sure. 700 years old. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would I would have put like a 20 handle somewhere on you, certainly. But uh, you've done a lot, and yeah. it's uh, it's impressive. Do, do you know how old I am? I don't. I'm not going to ask. Lady I, would, I was shocked when age. you told me. I, I would not. I'm not going to tell you. Like I just I said, I would have. I would put. Have, I literally would have said late 20s. Take a guess. Well, late twenties. She's playing the game. Go ahead, Rich. <laughs> I know she's say, playing the game. No, so okay. So you, you did that until you're twenty one. Yeah. You went eight for fifth how, how long did you Put go it this for? way, I was doing runway modeling in the eighties when I was early teens. Okay. Early teens. <laughs> yeah. Like teens. Okay. Teens? Okay. So you're thirty six. <laughs> I wish, dude. Are you kidding me? February out I'm not gonna uh, tell you. I'm old enough to be his mother. Age. Put it that way. Really? Yeah. yeah how old are you, Frank? Twenty nine. Oh, yeah, I'm old enough. My daughter's 26. I'm old enough to be his mother. Simple. Wow. You got a 26-year-old. 26-year-old and a 17. Uh, well, she just turned 18, 18-year-old. Would you let Frank date your 26-year-old? Yes, actually, Frank. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Would, you let, <laughs> would you let Adam date your 26-year-old? Adam date your... I don't know if you'd be her type. Oh. <laughs> no, not, not looks. No, 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 no. Not looks. Not looks. Personality, but not... I'm not saying looks, because the guy she's dating now looks like Ryan Gosling, basically. Oh. And he acts like... I don't know. He's... Uh, He's, a, he's funny, actually. He's funny. 
Yeah, that part would do. Yeah, <laughs> it's just we, I don't know her type. I don't really know. Her do you guys is. ever hang out? Because you look young. Like, do you guys we ever did. go out? People we ever do. think you guys are like sisters? Yes. She used to work in a club in the city, and another one in Brooklyn. Um, I forgot the name of the place. Uh, this California couple opened. They were trying to like revive like a Studio Fifty Four type thing. I don't know. Ooh. It was on Atlantic Avenue. Still there. And uh, she was the door woman. <laughs> and so one, one night she said, "Mom, come down for like it was my forty fifth birthday or something." She said, "Come down and bring your friends, and we're gonna you know you can hang out while I work." Blah blah blah. So I get to the door, and her boss is there, and uh, he's the young guy. He's younger than me, and he, um, so she's like, "Oh, that's you know my mom and her friends." And he was like, "That's who?" He's like, "That's my mom and her friends." He's like, "Stop lying, seriously. You don't have to lie to me. I'm your boss. It's okay." He's like, "No, that's really my mom. They didn't believe that I was wow, her mom, that's great. or that my friends were in their fifties. Yeah, they were well, like, the, 'There's the no way.' That, the fact that you're, you and I are about the same age, we have definitely aged differently." <laughs> Well, before my mother gave me away, the one thing she did was give me some good DNA. Apparently. <laughs> well done. I was told recently by um, another darker-skinned uh, comedian that black don't crack. crack. That's right. right. That's, and that was that new to me. Except for Guy, Jasmine Guy. That was the first time I ever heard that. <laughs> was right? that um, Mr. For Jasmine JC guy. knows best? No, Marissa Smith said it to me. Oh, it's I true. thought that was uh, JC. A few weeks ago. Okay. There's a few exceptions, though. Jasmine guy, I'm just saying. I don't know who. Jasmine, just saying. Jasmine, who? Remember different, different world, different world. No. Different world. You now you're dating on. yourself. Yeah. Now you just. Blew it. <laughs> All right. Fine. Just fine. Oh, good. I was more of the Full House, uh, full house. Fresh Prince of Bel Air type. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Okay. You were obsessed with Boy Meets World, Adam. I did. Like I used to call it BMW. <laughs> oh my God. BMW. <laughs> well, it's the only BMW I could drive when I was like 14. Define drive when you were 14. Exactly. I could sit in my living room and watch. <laughs> you know what? Adam was the cool guy in high school because he had a year on everyone else in our grade. Mm. So he had his learner's permit, his junior license, and his senior license before anybody else. Envy. So everyone would go to Adam and ask Adam to uh, bring him to lunch and everything. Because we went to Iowa to prep. Oh, yeah. So did you, Ray? So yes. did Rich. Yes, I did. So, <laughs> Adam oh. was like the most popular guy for a year. <laughs> oh, probably. And that was the end of it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened after that? Oh, oh. Everyone Down else got there. cars then. Everyone else was I, I retired. I like to say I left on top. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm collecting a pension now. Now, Tanya, there's something else you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. And exactly. there's someone else here who I know wants to weigh in on it. Okay. Um, females in comedy. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, Chrissy Mayer is really passionate. Chrissy Mayer is hanging out here. Chrissy, come on. You, you said that she's acting bashful. Females in comedy. What, what do you have interested about in uh, females in comedy, Tanya? Besides well, being a female, well, I don't see a lot of in 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 it. Oh <laughs> uh, well, is, could that be because they're not funny, or what do you think? Oh, certainly not. I mean, I mean, clearly, let's look at Lucille Ball. Let's look at uh, Lucille Gil- Ball. Gilda Radner. I am t- aging myself here. Uh, Gilda Radner. Um, oh gosh, uh, what's her name before uh, before Lucille Ball? Um, Somebody was alive before Lucy. Yeah, there's there was somebody, and I forgot about her too. Uh, um, Phyllis Diller too. I have no I mean, clue these who people, that is. What? Oh boy, boy you quick, go uh, back hello. to school, comedy school, <laughs> boss. Hello, Chrissy Mayer. Hi, hello, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chrissy, yeah. I know you're you're very passionate about it too, and so is Tanya about mm-hmm. the 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 negativity with females in comedy, and mm-hmm. a lot of guys. I think it's sexist. They they think that females are just not as funny as guys. Yes. It depends on the comic. Yes. Well, I think... Go ahead. You were going to say something? Well, <laughs> you heard me breathing and thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that like women tend to be a little bit more long-winded 
in, generally yes. speaking, because That's of like true. just biology just and shit, like we are chattier, we are chattier <laughs> animals, and uh, and a lot of guys that are used to the kind of comedy that maybe they're used to like set a punch, set a punch, or like the old timey, yeah, Dangerfields true. era like style of comedy, whereas like maybe women tend to be like generally speaking maybe more storytellers or uh, I mean not like women can't be tell short and tight jokes but um, I think a lot of people hear that and they consider that like not what they're used to and then it's also very like easy to like write off because women like if you're like hot and funny that's very threatening to people they don't know what to do with that like they kind of know what to do with you if you're if they find you attractive and they know like where to put you if you're like kind of Gross, but you're funny. This just got very <laughs> feminist and weird. Adam, I feel out no, of place. I think yeah. she's yeah. got good points. I don't very know. I'm, I'm not into this. Like, Adam, I, we should just let I them think talk like it. no matter if it's a girl <laughs> or a guy, if you're funny, I'll laugh. Absolutely, That's, I agree with that. But she's got a good point that even I didn't pay attention to. And and there are some women I, I've watched some female comics who use their assets. Um, to to be extra funny. And, I and think that's in any uh, any field. I know a couple, couple guy comedians like Chris Vaccarelli uses his assets to, to oh be funny uh, extremely well yeah like if I was a guy with a huge dick I'd be wearing tight <laughs> pants to every show <laughs> like leaning over the front row <laughs> although if I were a lawyer I'd be wearing like low cut tops to work too I mean so. yeah I mean I feel like any field that you're in that that's just if you want to do it that's the opportunity you have yeah but well, if you saw a guy a, fem- a male comedian with really tight pants you could see his you know. <laughs> His, th- his thing growing. I would probably leave. Handle that. Would, so Adam, you would leave. I, I wouldn't stay in. Tanya, what would you enjoy do if that? you saw that? Would you enjoy it? Would you be just confused? I'd stay there. Chrissy, I'd, would you? I would be like, turn up. <laughs> exactly. I'd be my favorite for the I've night. Heard, I've heard a lot of people tell female comics, like, play it down, like, right. dress down, wear pants, don't show cleavage. And, like, I've heard, like, you know... Comics that are further along advise newer comics. I agree that. with that 100%. I think like if you can be funny and not dress hot, then you're funnier. As same way, like if you, um, you know, like anyone in any field, you know, and then also I also think with comics, if you can be funny and not be dirty, that's 100 times better to me because anyone can be funny and dirty, but if you're funny and clean, mm-hmm. then you can be funny and dirty just by saying fuck or whatever you want to say. People Drop are going to laugh. Drop a couple bombs on it, yeah. I think you should be able to show your style, and if yes. your style is to like dress up, then you shouldn't play down. Like You shouldn't play yeah. small just yeah. because like you make other people feel threatened. Exactly. You know? And that, that was, I was told that, too, by a female comic. Because like, you know, we said one day, we were all looking at each other like, why do we look like dudes? <laughs> and we all said the same thing because we felt funny when we dressed up our regular way. Oh and no! I, was like, I mean, why am I feeling funny? I'm too old for that. No, like, definitely I, yeah. be yourself. But I'm like, there's no guy that's going to go up there in a tuxedo and uh, do stand up. So I've, I've seen, seen, I've seen somebody do something suity, suity or something. Wear a suit. People wear of, suits. Yeah, a lot of male yeah. comics wear suits. Yeah. Well, a suit is okay. I'm talking about a tux. Like you know, like that's the top level for a guy. But if that but, was your thing, if you were it, if you were tux comic and you made it work, if, if you right. make it work, yeah. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. Like if you could do anything that fits your style, but I mean, a guy wouldn't dress up to that. <laughs> level the same way like a woman shouldn't have to dress up to that level like if i had a wedding dress i would wear it to a show maybe <laughs> you know what's funny i just recently heard about a show at the creek and cave you know what it's called what the naked show oh they're and nude they're no actually but naked no the entire way. time everything everything hanging out. all of it digging balls see i don't know <laughs> i would not be attending that i'd have to be worried about do they got herpes or anything they could yeah the like they're really close to the mic stand and, and i've seen that the, the yeah the, the microphone mm-hmm. cord graze some genitals oh yeah 
uh, we will not be doing those because we will yeah. be washing them. I'm a germaphobe, <laughs> and I would be like, I'm with you. my <laughs> microphone wires are not touching that shit. I'm with you on that Wipe one. Wipe it down. <laughs> it's bad <laughs> enough they touched Al Wagner's <laughs> hand last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, what, what if it was all females doing all nude comedy? No, it's though? still like, who knows where they've yeah, been? Exactly. First of all, if you're going to get on stage naked, there's something wrong with you. Oops. CJ, the bartender, is <laughs> looking at you like dis- disgusted right now. I do agree that it makes comedy less funny and and nudity less sexy. When you combine exactly. the two, like I've seen the show and I was a bit distracted and I also like looked at the I was like, "Oh, now I've all seen you naked. I know all what that looks like now and I can't now like look at you." I'll go to a strip way. club if I'm I want to see that. Road trip, to be honest with you. <laughs> road trip. So, Rich, it's in uh, Long Island City or a story of borderline? I wouldn't care if it was in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> I would I'd be interested to I go would, to it though. I would go again. But I fun. think we are deadly out of time. Am I right, Rich? Aww. I just, if is I can find a way, I'll take back all the words that I've heard you. And on that note, I think we are <laughs> out of time. If I could reach the stars, oh, I'd no. give them all to you. And you love me, love me, love me. All righty, so for Frank, Tom Adam. and Chrissy, please stick to comedy. <laughs> Uh, hey, wait, hey, quick, quick. Hey. Uh, plugs. Tanya. Butt yes. plugs. Plug. <laughs> um, do you want to send any donations? P.O. Box 583, Foster Kids Unite, Incorporated, Bedford Hills, New York, 10507. Okay, Please Chrissy support Mayer, Tanya's great cause. Chrissy Mayer, any plugs? Comedy at Stonewall, December 13th at 8.30 at the Stonewall Inn. Twitter? What's your Twitter? People follow. At Chrissy Mayer. Okay, Adam, any plugs for you? No. Okay, I got plugs. Nomacomedy.com. Twitter and Instagram at Noma Comedy. You can follow me at Frankie P614. From everybody at Noma Comedy and the podcast, thank you very much for coming in and thank you everyone for listening. Thank, thank you. you. Ooh, and I have butt plugs in my purse. <laughs> <laughs>